The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How do you view your own success? Are you leading with compassion or are you considered ruthless? There is plenty of room for both types of leaders, but the best way to lead successfully is to balance boldness and integrity, using kindness and compassion to earn respect. Combine this with a go-getter, visionary, and aggressive drive to stay competitive. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. We'll use the ideas heard today and in this series to help you use every advantage to achieve the best end result. Now, here's your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. We are delighted to be with you. I am your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and we have a very special guest today focusing on strategic business management. Now, before we get to that, I want to cover off on new listeners who have never heard that very highly defined term we call compassionate samurai. You might be scratching your head a little bit saying, hmm, never heard that term in business school. That's very understandable. This particular term was coined by our founder at Clemmer & Associates, Brian Clemmer. And what he meant by compassionate samurai was all about being a bold, ethical leader out there in the world, really having warrior-like principles like a samurai would have, but also marrying those principles up with compassion. So you can be an ethical leader. You don't have to be a doormat with just oozing out compassion and compassion and compassion and nothing else. But what happens when those two principles really marry up? It changes the way that you look at commitment and your own personal responsibility for the work that you're doing. It also changes the way that you focus and trust your vendors, your partners, your team members. It creates an abundance mindset as well as boldness and knowledge within your business life. So I just wanted to cover off on this term, compassionate samurai. We use it often, and there's a clear reason for that, because it's forward-moving, and it's about producing a large amount of change in a short period of time. Now today we're going to switch gears a little bit and have a little bit of how-to strategy. And the reason for that, when you think of a compassionate samurai mindset, Having your, your heart, your head, and, and your spiritual beingness all in alignment, you can produce results like no kidding. And there's a mechanism involved where we would call those a how-to principle. So my question would, do you, would be to you, have you ever started out a day with a pit in your stomach and wondering if you're going to have enough time to find, to get the things that you truly love to do in your day? Or have you dreaded picking up a, a phone call from a team member or even a client where you just don't have time to deal with them in this particular day? Well, if that rings true for you, you may want to consider a different way of working. How would it sound to spend over 80% of your day just working on the things that you love? 
So whether you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner or part of a team, I'd like to introduce you to our guest, Sherry Kohlfeldt. Now, Sherry comes with us. She has 25 years as a corporate survivor, experience in small business, as well as a consulting practice. She's taken multiple businesses to the seven-figure level, and she loves designing and managing and growing her business. Today, we're going to learn some of the principles that all business owners and entrepreneurs would be wise to adopt in order to up their percentage for having phenomenal success. Sherry, welcome to today's show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Kathy. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, to have you here. I can't wait to pick your brain and get some of the knowledge that just literally uh, comes oozing from you all the time. And one of the things that I want to make sure of, how is it that you got started in this particular, because you, you don't work with high-profile Fortune 500 clients. You have a specialty uh, expertise. Would you share with the listeners what that specialty is? Today, I focus mostly on working with entrepreneurs that are, um, most of them are in the, at the six-figure level that are looking to go to maybe seven figures, uh, and it's not always been that way. Um, I always say that I had kind of a 50-50 career. I, as you mentioned, I spent the first half of my career in corporate America, and I was you know, in the daily grant, grind, package marketing, had a great experience, uh, you know, did the, the typical career, uh, moving up the career ladder. I learned a lot. I loved it. The problem was it wasn't mine. And so as I got the entrepreneurial bug, I made the leap and really jumped into that entrepreneurial world. And in the last 15 years, I've worked with companies from the, the big companies as a consultant to really realizing how much I love working with the smaller business owner. And uh, just that passion that they have for the business uh, is really what attracted me. Um, I feel like when I first started my, my small business that I learned more in the first two years that I owned that business than I probably did in the, the decade before that I was in corporate America because it's such a microcosm of how business works. So, yeah, so today I'm working with um, small, small businesses, uh, lots of virtual companies. I love working in that space, uh, but I also have retail experience. I owned a, a retail brick-and-mortar day spa and fitness center for uh, nine years, so I have that brick-and-mortar experience uh, as well. So I, I get to be a jack of many trades, as the saying goes. I love that. I absolutely love it. And I'm just curious, what do you think if an entrepreneur day one, how would things unfold differently in their business if they, if they had uh, the day one knowledge from the beginning? Well, I, I think the, the, the tongue-in-cheek answer is probably that, that it would scare many people from starting their business um, because the reality is that the entrepreneurial experience for a lot of people is not a great one, and that's what I see as the tragedy. Um, I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the last 15 years, and almost every one of them has launched their business because they're passionate about something. They have a vision that they want to share with the world. So they go out and they say, I'm going to get this out in the world, and they start their business. They hang their, sh- their shingles, so to speak. They're full of, of energy and passion and, and just can't wait. 
what happens over time is that they tend to figure out pretty quickly that there's more to running a business, owning a business, being a small business owner, than just what got them passionate in the first place, what they're passionate about. You have to get through the day-to-day. You have to market the business and pay the bills and deal with the team members and answer the customer service questions and all of those things that didn't get them in the business in the first place. Have, have you? I know you. You have your own kind of business, Kathy. Have you experienced that? I most certainly did. <laughs> I um, I was fortunate enough to come from the financial services industry, and mm-hmm. really uh, working with a large profile company, Citigroup, and a little bit with General Electric. And my role was in that capacity of selling. And as long as I kept my sales skills finely tuned, and mm-hmm. uh, met with my clients and provided that outstanding client services, then everything else was literally taken care of for me. I didn't have yeah. to think about what the marketing plan was or the accounting plan. I certainly was responsible for my own chunk of the budget to contribute to the company's bottom line. But literally, when I got around the other side of the curtain as an entrepreneur, I, you know, and I consider myself, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, a novice at business, but yet I didn't have the skill sets as uh, needed in that entrepreneur spirit. And when I went to business school, it was all about the macro side of business. I don't even right. think entrepreneurship, uh, this goes back to the 80s, I don't think entrepreneurship was even offered at the uh, top 10 business school I went to. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but when we when we went to school, the model, and of course some of it I'm, I'm, I'm showing my age, I won't speak for you, um, but the <laughs> model was corporate America. The model wasn't entrepreneurism at all. And so they didn't teach you how to start from the bottom from day one in creating that infrastructure for yourself because most people walked into that infrastructure. And uh, I'll use the example of a client that I work with that that, um, owns a, a restaurant now. Well, she had been working in the hospitality industry for years. Yeah, she had literally worked her, her way up and had done every job in a restaurant that you could do. Her dream was to have her own restaurant. So she saved her money, you know, scrimped, borrowed from family and friends, and opened her own restaurant and got a very rude awakening. I see. Yeah, because she hadn't dealt with the fact that the owner of the restaurant had to set the schedule. The owner of the restaurant had to figure out how to get credit from vendors uh, and pay the vendors. And all of those things that were the back of the office kind of things happening at the restaurant that she didn't have to deal with. And now all of a sudden those things fell on, on her shoulders. So while she was passionate about owning a restaurant, serving the clients, having the, the great food and the great experience, there was all this other stuff that had to get done. And it almost not only uh, financially ruined her, uh, but it ruined her passion. And so being able to turn that around is what gets me really excited. And to have people start out with a solid foundation and then be able to grow to the next level much more easily. Well, I think that that is truly your gifting, Sherry. And I know that you love getting connected with entrepreneurs and the small business owners, medium business owners in the beginning phase. Is there hope for someone who maybe they've been dabbling in this a couple of years and they just haven't gotten the traction? Is there hope for them for a course correction? Or is it, is it time to say, hey, let's, let's close it out and go back into corporate America? There's absolutely hope. 
um, their their passion is still there, and that's one of the, we'll talk about the five principles I know in in, in this this hour together. But one of the first things I'll start with is getting really clear again if they've lost that vision of their why. Why are they in business to begin with? Everything starts from there. I love that. And the why, I, I do want to explore that a little bit. And when you talked about passion, I'm reminded of a story I heard from Jim Stovall. Uh, he had partnered with uh, Clemmer and Associates at the Millionaire Institute, which will be coming up again in December in Dallas. And one of the stories that, and he's just an amazing storyteller, one of the stories that Jim shared with the group that resonated so with me was an, an ancient parable story. Story. And it was that of um, villagers living in, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but villagers living in a valley and villagers also living up in the high mountains. And one night, the, uh, there was a raid and the mountain folks came down and stole the baby of the chief of the mm-hmm. valley. And, of course, the valley folks sent their best warriors up the mountain to go, to go and, and save the baby, to rescue the baby. And it just couldn't be done. They weren't skilled mountain people. They didn't know how to make that trek. And they came back very discouraged back into the valley. And a couple of days later, out from the woods, down from the mountains, came a lone woman. And she was carrying the chief's baby. And they all looked at her and said, hmm, what is going on here? How is it that you were able to go back and retrieve the baby? And she looked at them and she said, it wasn't your baby. Exactly. Yeah, I love that story. Isn't that a great story? Mm -hmm. And so that entrepreneur spirit, keeping that passion alive and marrying it up with the business principles is just such a beautiful way to launch your success. Um, Let's do this. Let's come to a break now. And when we come back, I would love to dive into the five principles that you really feel strategically sets up an entrepreneur for success. So stay tuned. This is the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think of the world 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at CompassionateSamuraiShow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Welcome back. I'm your host, Kathy Fearbanks, at the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. And just before break, we we're speaking with success strategist Sherry Colfelt. Sherry has a company called Result results partner, and she is a master of setting up entrepreneurs and small business owners for success. So Sherry, I want to learn a little bit more about how, what's your process for this success strategy with entrepreneurs? How do you go about this? Absolutely. Um, well, there, as, as we talked in the first segment, there really are five principles that I work from. And in general, the two kind of uh, overriding principles that I would say are getting clear on what you want and planning. And planning is, is almost like a dirty word to most people. And I want to, before we even start talking about the principles, make sure that when you hear the word planning, I want you to hear the possibilities in planning, not that it's going to box you in. And I, I say this because so many entrepreneurs that I work with, they, they think if they have to plan, it means that they can't be creative, that they can't um, change their business, that they can't kind of be who they are. And the reality is it's exactly the opposite. When they take the time to put the principles in place, which planning is a big part of the, the principles, they get more time to do those things because the systems and the foundation allows them the space to be able to do what they love. 80% of a time as an entrepreneur should be spent doing what you love. I absolutely would love to have 80% of my disposable (laughs) time doing what I love because I absolutely love what I love um, in terms of the work and the training that Clemmer & Associates is able to offer to corporate America and actually worldwide. Uh, exactly. One of the things in terms of planning, and I, I like to plan. I'm, I'll make some lists, and, and I love the visionary aspect of all of that. But one of the key things that I heard, in fact, my, uh, my mentor, Kimberly Zink, the president there at Clemmer & Associates, uh, mentioned to me, Kathy, I need to inspect what I expect. 
and we were planning for a big rollout for a large corporate client. And I really appreciated the fact that she had my back where she took the time to inspect what she was expecting from me. And so my planning skills, I had to fine tune those, make sure I had my my I's dotted, my T's Mm -hmm. crossed, but it saved us so much in the back end of things by putting a few hours in on the planning session. There's no doubt exactly. about that. Exactly. There's, there's a, I'm, I'm going to call it a statistic, and I, I know it, it's probably not, but it feels right to me, that for every hour that you spend planning, you free up at least three times that, those hours later. Well, and isn't that almost just like the reverse of the the college classroom? They say for every one hour you have as credit, a student would need to be spending at least three hours out on their own outside of classroom doing work, reading, prepping, research. In fact, I I hope my 21-year-old is listening to that comment right now. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what, what I have found, Kathy, is that at the end of the day, if you don't have the foundations in place, the five principles we'll talk about, it really doesn't matter how passionate you are about what you do. The business doesn't work. And so that's why I'm so, I'm so committed to having, having entrepreneurs know that they can put these principles in place. It's not gonna, going to take away their freedom. It's actually going to give them freedom. So should we jump into the first principle? Let's do it. I want to hear what is that first principle. And I'm taking notes, and I hope the listeners are going to take notes too. Great. Well, I know it's the first principle is going to be uh, the, the one that's probably nearest and dearest to your, part, to, to your heart, and it's do what you love. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what we've been talking about is doing what you love is why you started your business in your first place. It drives everything else. Having said that, if you're not crystal clear on your why, then nothing else is going to work either. Your, your why has to be bigger than any obstacle or problem that might come up and get in your way because it's, it's life, it's business. There are going to be those challenges. And until you're really clear on what, what that is that really drives you internally, you're not going to get there. And I know with, with Clemmer, your personal mastery um, course helps people really get to that why. So anybody out there that hasn't done that course, I definitely would recommend that. If you're not crystal clear in what you want, why you were put on this, this earth to give, the gifts that you have, that's a fantastic place to start. Um, and and do you, I don't know if you want to mention anything about the personal mastery course, Kathy. Sure, I'd love to. And and that's exactly spot on. It creates an awareness around what makes you tick and where your why comes from. In other words, it, and you discover your why or your why not. Uh, we have a lot of folks come into our courses at Clemmer & Associates and they think they may want to pursue one particular interest around their growth journey. And it it, it turns out to be huge growth. However, it doesn't always look like the way they thought it would look. And so this is what I love of working with with folks and talent like you, Sherry, because Clemmer and Associates can help um, on the inside of the journey and then partner up with you on the outside of the journey. Exactly. And, and one just little trick that, I, that I'll give folks on, on, on the uh, show today is to write it down. 
um, what you just described in terms of people kind of starting thinking that they wanted one thing and at the end of personal mastery they realize it's really something else. Um, one quick thing that they can do starting today is to write what I call a vision letter. And all, all this is is to give yourself some, some quiet space to dream and to put yourself at least a year, and if you really want to make it, make it juicy, go out three years, and think about what your life is going to be like. What are you going to be doing? Who are you going to be doing it with? Um, what's a typical day? Where are you living? Who are your clients, if you have clients or your um, customers, if you're in more of a retail situation? Really get, get present to what that looks like and feels like, the emotional connection of that vision. And then write, the second step is to write a letter to a friend that you haven't seen for, just, for at least a year and tell them, pour out your heart and soul about everything you're excited about that's happening that day in the future. So you're writing the, the letter as if it is one year from today, let's say. And just make it juicy. Um, you know, down to if you're um, buying a new home as part of that vision, what color is the house and what street is it on? And then read that letter aloud, third step. Read that letter aloud to at least three people. Because when we get our vision and our why out into the world, the law of attraction brings us the things that we need to make it happen. It certainly and does. And that goes does. hand hand in glove. Um, in Clemmer Associates, we actually do an experiential, a physical exercise. And I'm not physical, like uh, saying physical, like running a marathon. But there's a <laughs> yeah. physical exercise that our students get to um, volunteer in. And you literally have the capacity to see what happens when you set your intention and it aligns perfectly with your results, as well as providing three powerful tools of upping the probability of getting those results. It's a million-dollar formula, and I can tell you, they're not charging a million dollars to take the weekend seminar, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Once you're clear on on that, and I know we'll move on to the second principle here. Please. Once you're clear on that why, the next, the next step is to understand where your money comes from. And this is a little bit more for somebody who's been in business, but you also can do this from day one in terms of getting clear on where your money is going to come from. This is the, once you move from the, the mindset to the how-tos, this is the biggest reason for small business failure. Entrepreneurs don't realize what they're really, where their money is actually coming into the business from. I have met entrepreneurs who we think on the outside are successful that have million-dollar businesses that at the end of the day, they're taking home very little in their dollars. They've got lots of revenue coming in, and they're spending tons of money to fulfill their programs so that at the end of the day, they're barely getting by. So the three things that, that to focus on around this principle are your ideal client, which is, is kind of you're going to come out when you do that, um, the first principle in terms of doing what you love because who you're working with is going to be a big part of that. The second is where's your income coming from? And I, I like to say we all kind of, uh, at least you and I, I think, grew up with the, the 80-20 rule. 80% of your clients, for instance, are going to come from 20% of, of your products and services. That is the death of an entrepreneur. What happens if you have a situation like that 
is that you're spending 80% of your, of your time on 20% of the revenue. So the inverse is what ends up happening for the entrepreneur. Does that make sense? That makes perfectly good sense. And time is, uh, time is, is virtually cash for me. Uh, there's only so many hours in that day. And certainly I've, I've done things to leverage time and entrepreneurs learn how to leverage their, their time, no doubt about it. But when they want to speak to the expert in this field, there's only so much of me available. And, exactly. um, I, when I first started off, I was giving away way too much of my time and not realizing that this is not time that can be monetized. And I realize not everything has to be monetized. There's a lot of pay it forward movement in my life, but I also need to make sure that I'm garnering and taking care of my business. Exactly. The, the other example I'll give that so many of my clients experience is that they spend 80% of their time with clients who aren't ideal. Sure. So those clients are actually draining their energy, so they're not giving their best to the 20% of their clients that are actually their ideal clients. So that's why defining that ideal client is the first thing that you do when you start thinking about understanding where your money is going to come from. Well, um, and you've probably given us the fodder for a whole different show in terms of finding that ideal client and knowing who that ideal client is for your absolutely. niche. Absolutely. Um, because you can't be all things to all people. That's, that's impossible, and that's going drive, to drive you right out of business. Absolutely. The other thing that, that's going to drive this second principle of knowing where your money comes is your expenses. What does it cost you to get a sale? And this is where that millionaire that, that I described really got themselves into trouble. Uh, on the outside, everything looked great. They're making lots of money. Um, it's revenues rolling in, but they didn't have the systems in place, so they're having to hire more and more people to do the work because it was taking so much more energy and resources to get the result, to fulfill the, pr- the programs. So once she, de- she determined that her cost per sale was way too high, then she was actually able to take a step back and get that, get that foundation in place so that she could do everything much more efficiently. If she wouldn't have had that formula of where her expenses were, she may not have ever known that, and, and she would have, frankly, been burnt out and probably not be in business today. Sure, that reminds me of, you know, how do you make a large sum of money or how do you make a small fortune uh, in horse racing, uh, owning horses? Well, you need to start off with a large fortune. That's how you make a small amount of money. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, let's do this. We're going to come up on our next break. We've talked about really principle number one, knowing your why and really sketching that on out on paper and even um, doing an exercise with your vision letter. Making a public promise and a declaration can really hold up your end of accountability. And then just as importantly is knowing where your money's coming from and how it's flowing out. This is Kathy Fairbanks at the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Stay tune we're going to come back for principles three four and five right after the break the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, leaders are working to transform themselves and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lin, for insights on emerging trends and business innovations to help you stay ahead of the game. You'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at CompassionateSamuraiShow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. This is your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and we have guest with us, Sherry Kohlfeldt. Sherry is the principal owner of Results Partner, and she's been sharing with us some five principles that really set up an entrepreneur for success. We talked about principle one and two. Number one, know your why. Number two, know where your money is going and where it's coming from. Sherry, welcome back, and could you share with us on principle three? Absolutely. So principle three is to know how the work gets done. And one of the things that I find is that this is where entrepreneurs really fall into into a trap. Um, most of the time, at least um, for a lot of small businesses, they start out as a, as a solopreneur. They're basically doing everything. And I get that. Um, you know, when you're first starting out, you may not have the cash flow to hire people. Um, I absolutely get that. Where the mistake is in setting the foundation is not documenting what activities are the drivers of your business. So what I find happens is that in order for the, the business to grow to the next level, and this is true whether you're a zero, just starting out, uh, business, a five-figure business, a six-figure, or a six-figure going to a seven-figure, you have to be able to hand off the work. You can't do it all. The challenge is, unless you have that work doc- documented, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, I had a client that uh, was successful six-figure business. Uh, she was in the uh, coaching world, and she had had literally the revolving door of virtual assistants. And she kept telling me that you know they weren't proactive, they weren't supporting her. She always had to tell them what to do. That was kind of her story when she came to me. And I asked her the question, 
Well, when they start, do you give them something with the processes of exactly documented what you expect them to do? And it was dead silence. It was the old, you can hear the crickets chirping. I see. She realized that her expectations of those people weren't in alignment because she wasn't clear with them on what she really wanted them to do, let alone giving them a repeatable process that was documented. When she took the time to first identify what the activities are in the business that are the drivers, what are the things that make the biggest difference in you getting the ideal clients and getting that next sale, and documented them, she really was not going to get what she wanted from anybody on her team that she hired. So we went through a a process of of her documenting some of those repeatable things, setting expectations of what she wanted. She hired a new assistant, and it was a totally different experience. That person became her right-hand person and could really be an extension of her and her vision. Now, I get that documenting is also not a a, a skill for a lot of entrepreneurs, Um, and it also doesn't have to be hard. One of the things that that I I say, I like everybody to keep just a little notepad next to them at their desk. And every time you do something that you know can be repeated, just write down the steps you take. It's as simple as that. You can always then hire somebody to transcribe, transcribe your notes. So don't make this bigger than it is, and it does have to get done. Start with just making a list of what those processes are, and then each time, the next time you do that process, like I said, have that notepad next to you so you can document the steps that you take. When, uh, when small business owners do that from day one in their business, the business is able to grow without them having to do everything in the business. And that really allows them, Kathy, to be successful on the fourth principle, which is creating your, your core team. Does that make now sense? Yes, that makes perfectly good sense. And one of the things I'm reflecting back on a, an early conversation I had with you when we first met a few years ago, uh, and you asked me, what's your biggest pain point? And I said, you know, I consistently customize our work to meet each and every client's needs. No no corporate seminar is ever the same anywhere in the world that we deliver it. In fact, none of our public seminars are either. And so when I was putting proposals together, there was so much customization involved and I really wasn't connecting the dots to the systemization that could have taken place. And you looked at me and she said, you said, um, Kathy, there's, there's a system to this. You can still provide customization to your client, but there are certain things that you're going to have in every single proposal. And the light bulb, I mean, it exactly. made sense to me. And I came from a school where there really weren't, in, in, in the financial services world that I worked in, uh, the only thing that was customized was the pricing, basically, mm-hmm. who, right. you know, what that structure was. In the, the seminar world that we're in and really helping companies change from their point A to point B, it is highly customized. But I wasn't falling into the systems set and it was painful for me. Yeah, yeah. And not only was that painful because you had to do that work in a customized way every time, you couldn't hand it off. You were, a, you were a tra- in a trap. Exactly. You couldn't hand it off because everything was customized. Right, so, exactly. And, and that's in the fourth principle, create your core team. That's why the first thing that I always say is you, you are team member number one. So you start there. 
And the easiest way to do that is to get really present to what you love doing and what you really hate doing. And it can be, again, as simple as that notepad by your desk with a, a page that at the top of it, it says, things I don't want to do. And as you go through your day, write down what those things are. Every time you have that, ugh, I have to enter receipts into my accounting program again, write it down. And because there's cost to doing what you, you hate doing. And those costs aren't, they're, they're not small. The energy that you give up when you do something that you don't like doing holds you back from having the energy that's going to bring you new clients. So there's the energy cost to you and just that it's not much fun, but there's also the opportunity cost for your business. Because if you're, I always use the example for some reason, Kathy, of entering receipts into your, your accounting program because I hear that one so much, I guess, from clients. But when you're doing that, you're not spending time on the phone with a potential client. You're not at a networking event. You're not writing new content for, for your, your business. That's a huge opportunity cost. So we talk about coming from an abundance mentality, and I know that's part of, of what Clemmer teaches. Part of that abundance mentality is you get to do what you love. Now, I'm not saying go out and hire 10 people tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. I, I get, you know, in the startup, you have to be prudent as well. Um, and you need to have a clear plan. For most people, hiring some kind of an assistant is going to be the first step in that process, whether you're in a brick-and-mortar business and you're hiring kind of an assistant manager kind of person or you're in a virtual world um, that a lot of my clients are in and you're hiring a virtual assistant. But going back to step principle three, don't make that first hire before you have the processes documented. Do you see how these principles kind of start fitting together? I do. They're because so if, interwoven. Yeah. So if you do, if you go out tomorrow and hire a virtual assistant and you haven't thought about what you want them to do, let alone have the processes document, documented, you're going to spend, spend money that's not going to give you the return that needs, needs to give you. The only exception to that is if, if you're committed and you absolutely don't want to write the, print, the, the uh, uh, procedures yourself, you can hire somebody to shadow you and write them for you. Um, what I will tell you is that that person better not have any other responsibilities because every time I've, I've seen a client do that, and I'll be honest, I did it once myself, uh, they get drug into the business, into the day-to-day, day-to-day chaos, if you will, and all of a sudden time has gone by and you still don't have those processes. So the biggest mistake is hiring before your process are documented. The second mistake is holding on to things that you can do but are better off having somebody else do for you. And I have, a, I have a huge one there. I'm pretty analytical. And I, I, for the first well, nine years of a business that I owned, the brick-and-mortar business I had, I did all of the accounting myself. I entered receipts nine years after I had, I had opened the business, and it was generating over well over a million dollars a year. I look back at that, and I'm like, how did I do that? I, I know better. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> you are, kept, are speaking from some very painful uh, experience here. Yes. I kept telling myself, oh, I can do it. Um, oh, it would be too, too much trouble to turn it over. That was just my ego getting in the way. And I got to tell you, when we opened our second location and I handed that off, oh, my gosh, what a relief. And well, it opened sense. up a whole new energy. 
Well, and I think that can happen too because the entrepreneur, the business owner's spirit is that of that visionary, typically the charismatic leader. And sometimes that can actually get in the way of inviting others into their space. Right, um, right. And right. that's a brilliant aspect where the Clemmer and Associates tools actually address some of those issues. Um, they're uh, about competing commitments and um, goal setting, all, all of those things come into flavor with the workshop. What we're going to do now is let's take a break. Stay tuned because I want everybody to hear what the fifth principle is Sherry's going to send with us. And then I know that she has an opportunity for us to get this down and really start writing your foundation all done in one day. And that's pretty exciting. All right. Stay tuned. This is Kathy Fairbanks with the Compassionate Samurai Business Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at compassionatesamuraishow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Hello and welcome back. This is Kathy Fairbanks, your host, and today we have Sherry Colfelt. She is the principal owner of Results Partner, and we've been talking about success and what the five principles are in terms of running your business, and we are on step number five. We'll do a recap in a little bit, and this happens to be my favorite step. It should be no surprise because at Clemmer & Associates, we are all about producing results crazy, wild, over-the-moon kind of results. So, Sherry, please share with us what step principle number five is. Absolutely. So, principle number five is measure your success. So, that just ties in beautifully, right? Yes. Um, around this, every, every business that I've worked with, at least, I think that's probably most businesses, at the end of the day, they only have three to five key drivers. 
things that really make the difference between making your goals, making that, that uh, the sale, creating the revenue and, and the profit. It's usually no more than that. The challenge is finding what those drivers are that actually make a difference. Um, most of us will track a lot of things, and some, sometimes we actually track too many things. Um, the key is to think about where what happened on your last last sale. So I always say, think about the last few sales that you had. Where did they come from? Um, was it somebody that found you on the uh, the internet? Did they uh, come into your store? Did you meet them at a networking event? Uh, did you reach out to them on the phone? And what were the steps that you really took to get that sale? And what are the steps that, that then you could measure? Those are the ones that you can start with because you kind of kind of intuitively know what those are. Um, a quick example on a, on a sales call. I had a salesperson that uh, she told me, well, I have to measure the number of sales calls that I make. Okay, seemed reasonable to me. So she was tracking the number of sales calls she made. Well, she wasn't getting the results. She wasn't getting the sales, meeting her sales objectives. So I started asking her questions about, okay, well, tell me about how you're, how you're measuring that. She said, well, I get up in the morning and I have my call list and I check them off. Each call that I make, I check off that I've made that call. And I said, well, wait a minute. When you make the call, is that somebody you've talked to? And there was kind of some silence. And she said, well, no, I'm just making the call. Most of the time I have to leave a message. And a big light bulb went off for her. Oh, dear. A sale <laughs> is not generated when you leave a message. Now, that seems obvious, but a sale is when you, she actually talked to someone so she could have the conversation. So we changed what she tracked, and she started to track number of conversations she had every day. So her goal changed from making, I don't remember what it was, say 20 calls a day, to five conversations a day. And over, you know, the period of a very short time, her sales totally turned around because she wasn't going through her list just wanting to get to her 20 where she could leave messages for 15 of them. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfectly good sense. There's a there's a module in, in the work that we do in our seminars, and this is really important in the corporate space and the, the organizational space, where our students understand the difference between informing and enrolling a client. Mm, yeah. And those are distinctive differences. And so in, in your example, uh, it's the difference between just making 25 random phone calls versus having those five real meaningful conversations that would convert into a sale or forward movement. I love exactly. that, Sherry. Exactly. Beautiful. So ty- typically people will have uh, measures that they, that they uh, track around their financial results, kind of the obvious ones, revenue and expenses. Uh, cost per sale is a big one that I really want my entrepreneurs to track um, that can be challenging at first. Um, and then what are their client results? Uh, are, they getting, are the clients getting the results that you want them to get? Because to me, that's what we're all about is we're creating results for our clients. And then marketing results. If you're doing online marketing, most people probably know there's all kinds of things we could talk about ar- around measuring um, everything on email marketing, for instance, from did they get it in their inbox to did it turn into a sale and all the steps in, in between there. So once again, I think I've said several times on, the, on this call together, make a list. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in list brainstorming. Um, just make a list of everything that you could track and start with the obvious ones. 
and then as you start peeling back the layers of the onion, you'll find which of the ones are truly the driver, and you'll be able to stop, stop tracking a lot of those things. That's brilliant. I absolutely, I love that because of the results, you're able to go back and reflect. And that also allows us to course correct the situation and not wait until that 11th hour where it's before, you know, it's too late to to make a course correction and you're down the road with the million dollar mistake. One of the things, and I know that you are constantly keeping up in new trends out there in the workforce, uh, shortcuts and trends and uh, technology. And I know technology is no replacement for connection with your real client, but share with us, if you would, today, some of the tools and the trends that you see going on that you would encourage an entrepreneur to check into. Uh, Absolutely. Well, I, I think that technology is our friend, and I think that in our today's culture, it has really been a detriment to relationships. So as you just said, the technology is not a substitute for personal connection. For the entrepreneur, what I would look for is technology tools that make your life more efficient. So in the, in the um, for, oh gosh, the, forgive this expression, the old days, uh, we had an executive assistant that put everything on our calendar for us and managed our calendar. Well, today there's all kinds of tools from time trade is an, an, an easy one and a very cost-effective one, Calendly if you're a, a Gmail user, uh, Schedulicity, I can keep going. Find a tool that works for you so that people can schedule, schedule meetings with you on their own and you don't have to, to you know, be on the phone trying to find a time that works. Um, find the tools that automate everything possible in your business. If you're an online marketer, you're, you're lucky, to be honest, because there are tons of tools out there that uh, can manage your email marketing, that can manage your social media, uh, things like Hootsuite and, and uh, you know, Infusionsoft and some of the, the biggies that are out there. Um, ask people in your industry. That's the, the, the biggest, I think, thing I would say is find out from successful people that are doing something similar to your, what you're doing, what, did they, what do they use now and maybe what did they start out with because those could be two different things as you grow with the business. Yeah, that that's one of the tools that you taught me is what what's what are they using today? And then I wouldn't have asked that. What did you use before? And I think that's really a key. One of the key elements too when I'm working with a prospective client, it's important that I find out what other training tools have they brought in because mm-hmm. at Clemmer and Associates, we're not the one and only solution. We're just one of the many tools that they would want to bring in to augment their business. So right. if they've brought in, um, let's say, someone who's a specialist in time management or 360 reviews or uh, negotiation skills, we're going to feed into that and adjust the modules to play to their strengths. Yeah. And so I, I love doing that and asking a little bit of that historical aspect of questions. Now, Sherry, you have an opportunity, and thank you so much for sharing the five principles. One of the things that you mentioned to me that you'd like to provide for for our listeners, a tool or a gift that they could go into. Can you share with me how would they access that as we come into the close of today's show? Sure. It's called the Five Principles of Results-Driven Business. It's a free report that I just completed, thanks to your nudge to be on this show today. You mentioned that earlier. Wonderful. Um, and you can get it if you go to resultspartner.com forward slash principles, and it walks you through in more detail what we've talked about today. 
uh, what are each of the five principles, where to start, and some ideas on things that you can do uh, easily to get started. You're not going to do these things overnight, and I, I don't want anybody to walk away from, from this thinking, oh, my God, I have so much to do. Again, go back to that principle number one, do what you love first and get clear on that, and then start adding in these other principles uh, with an eye to what's next for you in your business, going from five figures to six figures, going from six figures to seven figures, and planning for that long term, not how I'm going to get through this week. I love that. I love the concept, too, of planning for seven figures today when you're just in the infancy state of your business. So as Sherry said, you can go to resultspartner.com forward slash principles, and she has a free gift for you there. That completes our show, and I encourage you to tune in next week where we'll be talking about branding. This is your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Thank you for tuning into our show. You can hear the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, be sure to take action and create your own success.